Welcome to Chip Chat, an interview series that connects you with technology experts around the issues that industry is focused on today. And now your host, Allison Klein. Welcome to Chip Chat. My name is Allison Klein. Today, I'm delighted to have Mike Reed, director of the Blockchain Program Office at Intel with us. Welcome back, Mike. Hey, Allison. How are you? Good. I was thinking about you recently because the one question I got asked during the Christmas holiday more than anything else was, should I buy Bitcoin? But I guess that's not the topic of this interview, is it? (laughs) How are things going in blockchain? I'm glad you're not asking me for cryptocurrency advice. And yes, our topic today would be more on the enterprise side of things rather than the uh, public cryptocurrency side of things, which they share common infrastructure underpinnings and share some capabilities, but they're applied very differently. Well, why don't we start with a definition of blockchain and what Intel is doing in this space in terms of enabling this technology to be deployed across enterprises? Really, you can think of blockchain as a database technology with a couple of special properties. One aspect that's sort of interesting in blockchain is sort of programmatic verification of ownership. So if I was to trade with you, Allison, an asset on a blockchain, say a cryptocurrency or or any kind of asset, you would want to know that I am the rightful owner of that asset. And, And with blockchain technology, you can programmatically go look at the genesis of that asset and follow it as it's traded hands throughout the history of that asset on the chain. And so you get some trust established there that what I'm offering you is something I legitimately own. Another interesting aspect of it is a private-public key exchange. And what that simply means is it's a handshake between the two of us that says, once I've committed to give you that asset, it is rightfully yours. And from there, that transaction can be recorded on a blockchain. And why those two unique properties are important is it removes the need for an intermediary to establish trust between the two of us. Think about any financial exchange that we commonly have today as consumers or as businesses. There's usually a central authority that sits between us and another party to establish trust and remediation when things go wrong. And blockchain really removes the need for that. Where do you think we are in terms of the technology maturity as well as the organizational maturity of knowing how this applies to various businesses and industries? Businesses are just starting to learn how blockchain will apply to their business practices. The opportunity is great. Gartner produced a study late last year that estimated that the value that blockchain can produce for corporations is expected to be $3.1 trillion in the year 2030. So that's a little bit off in the distance, but it's a lot of money. And enterprises gain that largely by eliminating that need for the intermediaries between them and the other businesses that they transact with. In doing so, they can reduce their transaction costs substantially, and they can also get business done more quickly when they take bureaucracy out of their information and data and uh, asset exchanges. As far as technology goes, Intel is doing their best to provide technology to corporations so that they can take advantage of blockchain. We have a technology called Intel Software Guard Extensions, or SGX, that can help make blockchains better. It can improve the privacy of data that exists on a blockchain so that companies can only see the data on that blockchain that they really have a right to see. It can improve the scalability of blockchain, which can be measured in terms of how big you can build your blockchain. You can build larger blockchains with Intel SGX or or the speed at which transaction happens, which can also be affected by SGX. And then it can also improve the security of your blockchains. It protects those 
private keys that actually trigger the handshake that allows an asset to move from one person to the next, which is very important to those who own those assets. In addition to that, Intel has a variety of initiatives in the open source space, one that we've contributed to the Linux Foundation called Hyperledger Sawtooth. I know that Intel was a proponent of this within the Hyperledger space. I know there were others in the community that contributed as well and wanted to know about that as well as where you think applications for Sawtooth are headed. Do you have any examples? Intel started Sawtooth in Intel Labs about 2014. And then when the Linux Foundation formed Hyperledger Project, which Intel is a founding member back in 2015, we contributed that code to Hyperledger and became Hyperledger Sawtooth. And today that's built up such that there are over 50 contributors to that project from 18 different companies sort of sharing in the work that's required to build up a complete blockchain solution. Some of the unique aspects of Hyperledger sought to, to mention, one is it contains a technology called POET, proof of elapsed time. And this is a special consensus mechanism that runs on Intel processors and gives people the ability to build large blockchain networks, like one that could cover an entire supply chain, and yet can confirm or build consensus around those networks very rapidly. In addition to that, Sawtooth offers broad language support, so you can develop your smart contracts on Sawtooth in Go language or JavaScript or C or a number of other languages that we support. And then finally, a unique aspect of Sawtooth is it runs Ethereum transactions. So those who have built transactions on the Ethereum public network, where there is a broad variety of experimentation today, can bring those applications into their own enterprise deployment running on Hyperledger Sawtooth. Some examples of applications that run on Sawtooth. T-Mobile built an interesting application on Sawtooth. And what it does is it's called a role-based access control application that they've named HyperDirectory. And it's an IT application that you know allows you to use a blockchain to manage your access to IT assets. So if you want to give certain users access to a certain part of the network, you can do so on a blockchain. And if you want to audit that use, you can do that on a blockchain as well. There's another application from a small company called Active Ticketing, where they're building a ticket distribution application on blockchain so that multiple venues, multiple ticket distributors can offer up tickets on their blockchain and consumers can pull those tickets off their blockchain, providing better availability to more venues and easier access for your tickets and easier resale market for your tickets as well. And then PocketDoc, they're building a healthcare marketplace on the blockchain so that healthcare providers, insurance providers, and clearinghouses and consumers can all get together on that blockchain and really make for approval, access to healthcare to happen faster, approval for payment to happen faster, and insurance reimbursements to happen faster. You mentioned Ethereum earlier. Obviously, we're engaged in a number of ways with the ecosystem on delivering this. Ethereum is one, so why don't you tell us about that? Ethereum is a very interesting area of study for us. It's really a large public cryptocurrency, but it's also a rich programming environment in a public blockchain that's available to many. And what you see in the Ethereum network today is a lot of corporations building up smart contracts, which is the product of the rich programming capability that Ethereum gives you, and then building up experiments around how could their business benefit from those smart contracts. 
One of the interesting things we're doing with the Ethereum Foundation today is we're working on a group called the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance. And the mission of that Enterprise Ethereum Alliance is to really build an enterprise deployable version of that public cryptocurrency blockchain that exists today. So if an enterprise or a group of companies wanted to get together and deploy their own Ethereum network, they could, and they could monitor and permit the entities that are going to join their blockchain. So they have more control. They can make it more secure. They can build their own consensus mechanisms around that. And the Enterprise Ethereum Alliance started in 2017. And just recently, they announced the hiring of a new executive director and some goals to put out a new requirements document this year and new application implementation specifications this year as well. And we're working with that Enterprise Ethereum Alliance to make those come to fruition for corporations who want to deploy their own Ethereum networks as promptly as possible. Mike, one final question for you. How can folks track what we're doing in the blockchain arena and connect with you and the team if they want to learn more or collaborate on blockchain innovation? They can find us in the open source world by looking at the Linux Foundation's Hyperledger site. And, of course, the project we're most active with there is Hyperledger Sawtooth, so they can find us there. They can also find us by looking at Intel's site. We now have a blockchain area on that site, which refers to Hyperledger, and it also covers a lot of the other activity that we're working on today. Fantastic. Well, thanks so much for being with us today. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks so much, Allison. It's great to talk to you. Visit ChipChat online at intel.com slash chipchat. And for more information on data center technologies, visit intel.com slash bigdata, intel.com slash cloud, and intel.com slash data center optimization. 